Hello, and you are listening to the Church Militant Podcast, a podcast that exists to encourage you to contend earnestly for the faith once for all delivered to the saints, to take up the weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left, to consider Christ worthy of all sacrifice, to stand firm and fight the good fight of faith. Today's episode, I want to talk about Sodom and the shame of secret piety. If you are even vaguely familiar with the biblical account of the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, no doubt as soon as you hear those names, the first thing on your mind is the great wickedness of those cities. Blatant homosexuality, other gross sexual immorality, the arrogance and the overabundance, the selfishness, all of which is expressed as the men of the city pound on Lot's door, desiring to gang-rape the angels that are staying at his house. Add to this, the wickedness was so great that the Lord himself comes down. And he says to Abraham in Genesis 18, 20-21, Because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, because their sin is very grave, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it that has come to me. Make the whole situation worse, as Abraham pleads with the Lord for the city. They get all the way down to ten righteous people. Abraham is pleading that if the Lord can find ten righteous people in the city, will he spare it? And unable to find even ten, you keep reading and see that fire rains down from heaven in wrath and fury. Before that happens, though, God in his grace sends two angels to bring Lot and his family out because of his mercy toward Abraham, lest they should be destroyed with the wicked. For as Abraham pleaded, far be it from the Lord to destroy the righteous with the wicked. Will not the judge of all the earth do what is right? What I want to focus on, however, is what the Scripture tells us about Lot, namely, his reputation before his family. Peter writes that Lot was a righteous man and that he was, quote, oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked, for that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. Yet, when Lot goes to tell his family of the wrath of God that is coming against the wickedness of Sodom, we read these tragic words in Genesis 19:14. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law, who had married his daughters, and he said, Get up, get out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But to his sons-in-law, he seemed to be joking. How could it be that a righteous man, tormented in soul by the wickedness that surrounded him, oppressed and weighed down by the filthy conduct of rampant wickedness all around, how could it be that he would seem to be joking as he tried to warn his family to flee from the wrath to come? The only conclusion we can come to is that Lot must have kept his righteous indignation to himself. He stayed quiet. He failed to discharge the duty of leading his family. He kept silent rather than decrying the wickedness that was around him. He settled in, and he tried to build a life for himself when he should have fled and ran away. He was passive, silent, and in his silent he apparently gives a seeming approval to everything that is going on before the eyes of those who knew him best. Imagine the shame of his secret piety, of his private indignation, of the personal burden that he had kept to himself 
Imagine the shame coupled with that as he finally works up the courage to go warn his sons-in-law and his daughters of the impending judgment. Imagine as he sits there and in all seriousness and earnestness he tries to set before them the horror of what he's been told, the certainty of it, that he has an envoy sent from God himself, angels, messengers from heaven in his house to bring him and his family out. And they think he's joking. They think it's all a big joke. They just laugh. They're not laughing at the thought of judgment to come. They're laughing at the thought that this person they know, that Lot, would take wickedness and judgment seriously at all. What does this say to us about his manner of life? What does this say about his conduct, his character, and his concerns before those who knew him best? What does this say about how much had changed in his family since going separate ways from Abraham? Well, at the very least, it tells us that his life was inconsistent with the warning he tried to give. And as we finish this story of the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, we see that Lot's shame is met with sorrow. As almost all of his possessions, most of his family, all of his servants, and everything about life as he knew it stayed behind in Sodom and perished. So what about you? You profess to know God. You profess to be grieved by sin and wickedness. You think of yourself to be one who inwardly desires the things of God. But I wonder, if you were to speak of such things with those closest to you, say, your spouse, your children, your parents, your co-workers, even those people you go to church with, what would they think? Would you seem to them as one who is just joking? Would they think to themselves, what's going on to make this guy talk like this? Is he really serious right now? Is your manner of life completely inconsistent with any concern for the things of God, for the gospel? Is your manner of life completely inconsistent with the reality of wrath to come? Would you find yourself turning away from those closest to you in shame, knowing that everything else they know about you, every memory they have of you, every experience they've ever had with you, is completely contrary to the words of warning you're attempting to give them now? Does the thought of even going to your spouse, or your children, or your parents, or your siblings, or your co-worker, that friend you've had for 20 years, does the thought of going to them with the realities of the wrath that is to come and the hope that is found in Christ as it cause your stomach to churn because you know your whole manner of life before them has been inconsistent with that gospel message. Well, if that's you, let me call you to repentance, to turn, to change your mind, decide now that no matter what the shame is, no matter what it will cost you, no matter what has happened before, you're going to turn away from those vain things. You're going to seek the face of God and by the help of the Spirit, walk worthy of the gospel you profess so that your inconsistent life is not an unnecessary stumbling block in proclaiming the gospel to those closest to you. Because here's the truth. We do know of the reality of the wrath that is to come. God himself has sent messengers from heaven itself to tell you not just angels, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son. 
Now the question is, will you take the reality of the wrath to come and the hope that is found in Christ to those closest to you? Will you set yourself now to walk in a manner worthy of the gospel, to let your manner of life be worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God? My name is Jordan Grogan, and this is the Church Militant Podcast.